Welcome to the Peach and Black Podcast, your central place to hear unofficial news, reviews, trivia, and intelligent discussion on all things happening in the Prince world. You know, it's got all those classic Prince elements. Captain, why wouldn't you just record as much as you could? It's just like a story chest of ideas. Either version, I love both versions. The Peach and Black podcast, where we'll be discussing and reviewing Prince album reviews, Prince music, recent Prince news, and specifically a critical analysis of the man's work. Today we've got Player. Hello. Toe Jam. Hello. And Captain. Hello. Back once again. As you might know, we'll, today we'll be reviewing Planet Earth. The most recent studio release by Prince came out uh, sometime, I think, quarter one, 2007. Now, depending on which part of the world you were in, it was a uh, form of release was potentially a little different. I know in the UK it came out with a newspaper there, complimentary, as long as you purchased the paper. And I think in most other countries it was uh, released as a normal CD, as a normal disc. Did anyone end up getting it online or anything like that? Uh, I refrain from getting it online. I usually like to get the physical CD and go through it from start to finish. So when it leaks online, you usually get, you know, a snippet of track here and there. And I kind of don't like that if it's like a concept album, whatever, where you have to listen to it from start to finish. So I always refrain from downloading. So I just bought it from the store and played it from start to finish. Yeah, same here. I was pretty excited to get it from the store because at least from that, if everyone can visualize the cover, I thought it was... Uh, at the very least, an interesting cover. I'm not saying it's good or bad, but it, it was definitely enticing from my point of view to, to pick it up. Kind of looked very different from, from some of the recent album covers anyway. It gave the impression that maybe Prince is going to be in control on this one. You know, like a, playing with um, the puppet strings, playing around with the earth. So that was um, that was pretty interesting. Anyone just have any brief snippet? Um, any expectations, anticipations for this album when it came out? You know, what you were doing, what was happening at the time. Somebody sent me the UK one, along with the paper and a couple of the discs. And I think I listened to it once, and then it, it was over, and I realized it was over. And I realized I didn't even hear a single song that was on it. It was just this background music. And then I put it on the shelf, and I hadn't listened to it probably since at least a year. And I listened to it one more time, and then, yeah, same again, put it back on the shelf. I listened to it again last week, like three times, and it's it's sort of getting into my head now. And I listened to it twice today, and yeah, it's it's getting better. Okay, okay, that's good to hear. Well, uh, I think this will definitely be an interesting album to review. It uh, definitely sounds like, as with most Prince albums, uh, depending on how how often you listen to it and how many times you come back to it, your opinion might change or vary slightly. So we'll get straight into it. Unless anyone's got anything else, anything else to say, it was a standard standard release for, for a Prince album, other than that the, the newspaper deal. Let's talk about. Planet Earth, the album, and we'll be reviewing it today, going track by track, getting some opinions, dissecting the music. It's all about critical analysis and finding out, you know, what what makes certain certain songs good in our opinion, and, and maybe not so good. So, let's get into the first track, which is Planet Earth. An epic opener to the album. Let's see if anyone agrees with what I've said so far. We'll start off with Toe Jam. Yeah, great track. I'm going to be the first one to say this. I think everyone will agree. It's very much Empty Room. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. Kind of an updated version of Empty Room. Almost to the point where he never really finished Empty Room to what he wanted it to sound like. And so this is, you know, the finished version, if you will, of that song. He's just completely changed it, though. Yeah, no, I, I like this song. It's probably yeah, one of my favorites on the album. The guitar solo at the end is probably one of his best guitar solos on a studio track, even though it is only 20 seconds or very short. The lyrics are a little bit naive, but, you know, Prince is always like that, so I've got no problem with that. I like the breakdown. The breakdown's nice. Some Wendy and Lisa are on there, too. Can't complain about this track. It really is a good track. Okay. Mr. Captain. I don't know if this would have been the best song to start the album with, but we can talk about that later. Yeah, it's a good track. There's nothing really I don't like about it, but the guitar solo is great. It just it blows my head off when I hear it, which is what I want a guitar solo to do. And there is a slight touch of whammy bar, but it's not too bad. It's ex- it's at an acceptable level. Okay. But I've noticed, not just Prince, but some of the best guitar solos I can think of, they are less than 20 seconds, but they just blow your head off in that 20 seconds, and that's what you want them to do. The song as well helps it, because if you just heard the guitar solo on its own, you think, oh, that's a nice solo, but the way the song builds and builds and yeah. builds, and then just have that climax of the solo, it's like, oh, yes, th- that's where it is. But yeah, it is your sort of like rock anthem and it's got eerie piano at the start like Empty Room does and you've got this big apocalyptic sounding chorus and then you've got the weird Sieg sort of thing in the middle. But uh, it's good. It sort of goes on with the, the state of the world's problems in his own weird way, I guess. I guess. It's, it's definitely epic. Yeah. When I first heard this album, I, I have to say, I what was it? I can't remember if I actually downloaded it online off of iTunes or whether I... No, I must have got the original, the actual version from the, from the shops. But in any case, what I did was I took the... The only track I had heard before listening to the entire album was guitar. I had heard that through some uh, somewhere online, whether it was a radio station or whatever. There was a... Was it a Verizon? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I heard it through the video, actually. Yeah. I saw the video or snippets of the video and I thought, I thought that, you know, okay, there's a little bit of anticipation building here. So what I did was I, I went to the shop, I bought the album, I was quite excited to hear it. I thought the cover was very interesting and I still like the cover. When I when I look at it on, on my little MP3 player and the, and the little picture comes up, I think it's one of his more interesting album covers. Yeah. So anyway, I went in, went into the bedroom for no other reason than to put this on, <laughs> turn, turn the light off, lay down on my bed, and just listened to the whole album from start to finish. No interruptions. Had never heard this track before, and it blew my mind. And I, I know that sometimes I've been known to over-exaggerate things, but it's been a while since this album was released, and I think it's the, the track Planet Earth has, has lost some of the edge for me, but not a lot. I just think it's epic. I like the drums in it. I like the bass. I like the interplay. It's a, it's a very full-sounding track. It's a great opener because it's got the energy there, and it does build up in, in emotion, in volume. It extenuates the, you know, the, the notes, the, the musical notes that come through the track, so I agree with ToeJam on that. I like the composition. I think it's, it's slightly different than what he normally does. It's an attempt at an epic song, and I think he succeeds. And finally, the guitar solo just comes back to, aside from being a great solo, it comes back to the to the topic of timing, and that is perfectly timed. Yeah. Just like in, a, in certain other songs that I've mentioned previously, and, and I'm sure I'll mention again, it's the perfect musical timing. He waits for the exact millisecond and then goes off on this on this guitar solo, and it's just great. The only thing 
that I can fault this song on is that it reminds me a little bit of something like, dare I say it, Heal Three Chains of Gold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Heal the World, actually, is where, oh. where I was going to go. <laughs> it's just the lyrics are a little bit, well, from my point of view, they're, they're definitely naive. Prince's best skill definitely isn't in verbalizing his innermost thoughts. I think it comes across more so in the music. Sometimes he gets the lyrics right, but I think they're a little bit naive overall. And it reminds me of a Heal the World or a, um, uh, what's that Live, live Aid song? Oh, uh, We Are the World. Yeah, something like, <laughs> something like that. And I have to just finish this off, sorry for, for going on a rant here, but it also kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Earth Song by Michael Jackson. Now, uh-huh. I'm not the biggest Michael mm. Jackson fan, but I really, 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 really like Earth Song. I like it for the way that it's composed. I like the video. I like what he's saying. It's very un-Jacko-like to me. And I think if the Earth Song had this guitar solo in it, <laughs> it'd be unreal. I'll, I'll make one up for you. I'll, I'll, I'll make a remix. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd, be, that'd be really interesting to hear because I think it's just, it's lacking that fire and the energy and the vocal delivery. It's just tamed down. But aside from that, all those other good points that I mentioned, I think it's a kick-ass opener. It, it did blow my mind when I was listening to it in the dark in my bedroom, so I'll give it a thumbs up overall. Player. Yeah, um, when I threw this on and started it, and it started with that subdued piano riff, I was a bit taken aback by it because usually an opening of a Prince album sort of is really in your face and then it was just sort of brought down and I was like, wow, what's this? So, you know, for me, it wasn't the traditional type of opening track. So then it goes into, I don't know if he was going for like a sign up at the times type of opening or statement by doing it this way definitely interesting lyrics begs the listener to think has great poetic style and it's prince serving up the message bluntly you know he's it's different to 1999 where you party like it's the end of the world in this song you know if you don't stop and look around and look after the planet it will be the end of the world you know so the other thing that i start to wonder is if it's a Wendy and Lisa contribution because they are credited as being involved in the album, but not what track. So it makes me guess if they were involved in this song or not. Uh, I think I can definitely hear them in the segue. Definitely in the segue. There's certain songs throughout the whole album that I think that they're on there. Just not too sure with this one. Because like, like uh, you said, Toe Jam, it's, it's a little bit like Empty Room. So I don't know if he's built this on his own or if he's got them to contribute to it. Uh, came out the same time as the environment started to become a hot topic. No pun intended. So I don't know if he's jumping on the bandwagon with this, but musically love the build up, the change in the bridge section that comes halfway three quarters of the way through. And of course, the guitar solo at the end and closes out using that boss BF3 flanger effect. Yeah. I mean, in his pedal setup, he uses a BF2, but it sounds like that updated version with a BF3. But overall, it's a great track. Love it. Okay. All right. So, fairly positive reviews for this first opener. I'll just say something about the lyrics, though. Even though this song, he's got this sort of naive way of doing some lyrics, I think he's best when he just writes a song, when he's not trying to say something. Yes. Because every time he tries to do something, it's just sort of of fails. And it just sounds a bit dopey to me. But if he just does his normal funk songs, whatever he does, that makes Prince Prince, that's what he does. But when he tries to do these things, whether it's trying to keep up with what's happening or whatever, it just, it doesn't seem to work. 
Yeah. I, but saying that, I think this song has the best lyrics on the album. This is one of the best tracks. I can see. Which means the rest of the album's not that good at all, in lyric-wise. I mean, I can see what you're saying with regards to the lyrics and, and you know, trying and, and not trying and all that kind of stuff. But I, I have a feeling that there's more to this artist than his his past or his, you know, historically that his albums have have painted a picture of. I think there's definitely more to him. Now, whether he's got the internal ability to come up with lyrical poetry, with inspirational and poignant lyrics, so far there's not a lot of evidence in the... If you look at traditional sort of, you know, take, for example, like a a Bob Dylan or, or a Leonard Cohen, those types of more poetic lyricists. When you compare the body of work of Prince to those types of guys, it's not to say that his is lesser, but it's definitely different. I don't think he, I don't think he um, dissects, you know, life and, and philosophy and all that kind of stuff to their to the degree that they do. And it might be because of the the fact that he's a, more of a funk artist. But then again, that that might not even be ring true. He, you know, he's a kaleidoscope of all sorts of things. But I don't know. It's a it's a decent attempt. I mean, do you still think it's a decent attempt, or? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I probably wouldn't do. I probably wouldn't do one any better. But you know, if he if this song wasn't about planet Earth and it was just a song, you could use exactly the same music. You could take Empty Room and sing Planet Earth to it, and then I'd say, well, that's not that good, is it? Because it's he's trying with the lyrics. But if he could sing totally different lyrics to the song Planet Earth and it was something totally different, it could be a much better song. I think. I think there's a certain charm to his naivety in a lot of his songs and like you look back to like Ronnie Talk to Russia and all this kind of thing like it, it's so like so naive but it's so cool that it's so naive it kind of yeah yeah no no I, I agree with what you're saying there does appear to be a charm in, in, in the naivety you mentioned a few songs from, from, from the 80s heyday and they're still existent here they're, they're still existent in planet earth so maybe not a whole lot has changed but it's an interesting topic to take on especially during these times you know the times of an inconvenience Convenient truth and and uh, you know everything going green and all that kind of stuff. So it's more a song of the times and maybe a reflection of or, or a um, prediction of the future than than of a, a classic traditional Prince song. But I, th- I think it's fairly good. And the album kind of takes a swing from that. You go from talking about the environment and the future and saving the earth to I love I love you, baby, but I don't love you as much as I love my guitar. And we segue into track number two, which is guitar. Maybe if we could start off with uh, Toe Jam and your thoughts about this track. Yeah, I really like this song. I think it's just pure bubblegum rock, and I think it, it works really well. I don't know if you guys remember the original download, 3121.com download, yep, yep. which was really very much a demo kind of track. Sounded like it's a good track, but it sounded like he sort of recorded it in his hotel sort of thing. And, you know, there was a lot of talk at the time like, oh, man, I really wish he would release that with a lot of guitars. And so he did that, and I think it worked really well. It's just, like I said, it's pure bubblegum, but it, it just works really well. The last chorus, I think, he comes like there's a keyboard, an extra harmony added to the keyboard. It's just yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah right. it's it's really nice. I really like it. Yeah, I think this uh, this this particular song it does harken back, at least for me, back to the days of the the gold experience. It has that live yeah. studio sound to it. And it, it just, yeah, and it's it does really have that full sound. Yeah, 
yeah, it's very full sounding, and it's it is a bit more. It's even more glossy than than the Goal Experience, at least from from my ears. But it sounds very similar in vain. Now that's not to say that that it's. I mean, like, I, I might have mentioned in the last podcast, and if I didn't. Uh, the Goal of the Experience is one of my personal favourite albums of all time, so it doesn't quite rank up there. But as a song alone, and actually on this album, it's it's far. First of all, it's far better than the plastic demo version that was previewed on his site. It, it just wasn't full. It wasn't full. Yeah, and it had potential. That's the yeah, thing. It had potential. Yeah. It's a nice track, but it was just missing that certain something. And I think this one delivers it. Yeah. Yeah, it was missing that full sound. It was missing the guitar. It was missing how catchy this one is. I like the the, the rhythm section, and I agree with you when you say it's bubblegum pop. To me, it's the cream of the 21st century. And yeah. um, and the only difference is that the only difference is that it's not. He doesn't have the hype and the marketing machine behind him now, and it's a different time and place. Truth be told, it's a, it, it is a different song. But I think that there are very a lot of the elements behind it are very similar to, for example, Cream when it came out in '91. I like the rhythm section; it sounds pretty cool. The guitar's good. I have heard people online on forums and 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 such complaining about the fact that there's not enough guitar in this song. Now, I think it might have been it could have been mixed better, but I don't know what song they're listening to. If they're saying there's no guitar. The second half of the song's all guitar, and I think it's unique. I think some of the guitar licks toward the end of this track are unique. They're a little bit pseudo-bluesy towards the end, or at least a few notes are. But I'll just finish this, this one off by saying that the lyrics are not total utter crap, but they are they just... They leave a lot to be desired. No way. I like I love the lyrics in this. It's just, it's, I love you, baby, but not like I love my guitar. That's just so okay. cool. Okay, I like that. <laughs> I do like that. I, I like that line. But there's a few lines in here, like, I know I'm thinking off the top of my head because I haven't got the, the lyric chart in front of me, but something like, you, you can't reach the bar or something <laughs> like that. And then, and then something about um, driving other people's cars. It, yeah. Those lines are... It's very right. rhyming dictionary. Yeah, it's it's. I'm going to put this, this line in here to rhyme this song so that I can move on to Somewhere Here on Earth or, or do another song. I just want to get this one kind of over with. <laughs> I'm digging the music, but the lyrics, they are pure bubblegum pop. But I'll finish it off by saying that I do like the line and the sentiment, I love you, but, I don't like, but not like I love my guitar, because that's the kind of guy that Prince is. I think if he had to choose... There'd be a split second where he thinks, "All right, woman versus instruments," <laughs> and he and he he might get a little bit, you know, in the moment he might confuse the two. But then I reckon he'll always end up in that studio, just putting away another beat or another tune. And that's that's what we love about the guy. So, what do you guys think? Starting off with player. Yeah, when this was first promoted on 3121.com as a download, it had a picture montage of classic Prince pictures with his guitar. There was a Dirty Mind pick with the Hona. There was a Diamonds and Pearls era pick with the Yellow Cloud. And then there was a Rave era pick with the um, Purple Habibi cymbal guitar. And the last picture was a Musicology era pick with a Taylor Acoustic, the one he uses in Tiamo Carazon. Yep, yep. Um, so I was expecting this song with blistering solos, very guitar-heavy sound. And yeah, what we got was a cute three-minute pop track. Would have loved more guitar. By that, I mean just like the depth of the song to be longer because it, it is just a three-minute track. Like this is only like a 30, 40-minute CD. He could have really expanded on this and really gone all out. So that's really my only complaint. Now, I was doing a bit of research about this track and I came across a Rolling Stone article and they said of this track this is a quote 
Prince swipes the guitar riff from U2's I Will Follow and a bass line from Duran Duran's Planet Earth, The Willy Bastard. <laughs> so when I, when I actually went back and you can hear a bit of this U2 riff in there, the one that starts at the very start, and I didn't really pick up on that until I read that review. Now, brace yourself for this one. The review also said that guitar is, this is the quote, this guy's called Rob Sheffield. Guitar is his most slamming summer jam since P Control. <laughs> now, I don't know what purple crack this guy's smoking. I mean, it is a good song, but that is a really big statement, mate. But I love the punchy drums, the way the production is on the drums, um, really tight sounding. The song reminds me a little bit of a mix of Peach and 319. I, I like the cocky style of the lyrics, telling his woman she takes a back seat to the six string. The guitar is numero uno in his life, no matter how fine the woman is. I'm starting to like it a lot more. (laughs) You're convincing me. (laughs) And I also love the lyric, I'll write you a letter when I learn how to spell. Because that guy can't spell. (laughs) So I like that part. And my only negative is there's not enough guitar, not long enough, could have been stretched out, uh, a little bit overuse of the whammy bar. And of course, it fades out at the end. It does fade out kind of quickly. You're like, oh, where's it going? Yeah, yeah, it's too premature. It just seems to fade out. The other thing about the video, I'll just quickly touch on the video i like how the set and the band are all in black or gray so it's kind of like a dark looking set but he's got the purple habibi guitar and it sort of it draws your eye to it so it's making it that this is the focal point of the whole song and i've you know i pick up on that so i think it's really good how they i I just really wish they he released it as an official video but uh, all in all it's a great track just want it to be longer that's all captain it's my go. It's got a good scream at the start. I like that. It's like you're the endorphin machine mm. scream at the end. Yeah, pretty. It's good. And player, you said about the drums. Does anyone know who's drumming? I think it's actually Cora. Yeah, uh, I think it's Cora and uh, Josh on the bass. Very yeah, unlo- okay. very unlike them. Mm. I've been listening to Gold Experience and getting some learning how to play the drums. <laughs> I don't think she's a, that bad of a drummer, but, you know, we just don't really see what she's sort of capable of. So, I think it's just been mixed the kind of the right way. It's, it has it's, very slick production. It's really nice. Yeah. Nice heavy drums, which is I like. But the weird thing was, this song's called Guitar, and it was, it was the first single that came out, I think. And I thought, oh, it's going to be a whole album of guitar. It's going to just kill me. Mm. Because um, if anyone knows Mike Oldfield, he did Tubular Bells and loads of other stuff. He had an album in 1999, and it was called Guitars, and it was all guitars. It was an hour something long. Even the drums were made by making guitar sounds. The whole album is guitars. And after hearing that, and then I heard this song, I'm like, it's going to be a whole album of guitar. It's going to kill me. And then I turned it on, and it's not what it is. But yeah, it's like like the, the weaker version of Cream, updated version of Cream. But no, it's all right. It's got some good guitar solos. It reminds me of Lolita, actually, from 3121, which is another really dodgy, really, really dodgy three-minute pop song, which, yeah. which, I, which I actually like. If anyone knows me, I love 80s classic rubbish pop, and Lolita is definitely in that list. Guitar's a bit better than Lolita, though. But yeah, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I, hearing after hearing some of some of your opinions, uh, not only Captain but all um, Toe Jam's players as well. I, I definitely, I think I've underestimated the fact that, or maybe not paid enough attention to the fact that this really is a. It, it's kind of pure cheese. It is a. It is bubblegum yep. pop. And yeah. the more I think about that fact, and then. And then I pose this question to myself, you know, how much better can bubblegum pop get? This is pretty darn good. 
this is this is I mean there's still a musicality to it there's still some emotion there's some funny lyrics and already if I had to rate this track you know out of out of five or out of ten I would have already added it I added one or two points to it just after hearing you guys talk about it and I think that says a lot about the music itself and about you know Prince's ability to create songs you know this is a guy who's got who knows how many thousand songs released and unreleased and in 2007 he comes up with a brilliant again I'll use the I'll use the term bubblegum pop song such as this. I think it's pretty good. I think so. he's got about 208 songs in the vault. <laughs> I, I, I don't buy this song a day crap. I really don't. I mean, you could have one idea. Every every single idea that pops into your head isn't a song. Yeah. Which is what I think he thinks. He gets you know, 10 seconds of a melody and goes, oh, there's a song. Record yeah, that, well, stick it in the vault. There we go, done. Well, this, I mean, this is a, this is a pop album. And, and regardless of how many songs he has... That there are ten on here, and and just looking at the list, every single one of them, at least to my mind, is a pop song other than Planet Earth. Uh, not not saying that Planet Earth has no place in in, in pop music, but to say that it's it's slightly left of center. Uh, I mean, we're going into this next track now, somewhere here on Earth. jam type track a pop song any thoughts on this one I think this is his best ballad since Damn You I think it's really nice really well done better, than, better than I Hate You uh, I don't really see that one as a ballad so much that's more of a, okay. a power ballad for me better and, than the most beautiful girl in the world absolutely yeah wow just the, the really subtle layering between the synths and the piano the vocals are just unbelievable for a man who's like 40 late 40s when he recorded this Trumpet, always nice to hear a trumpet, being a trumpet player myself. That sounds like you, by the way, I was going to say. <laughs> it does. Well, it is Very me, of course. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's... And, the, you know, the lyrics, it's it's just a nice... It's a really nice idea for a song. Look, you know, you're somewhere here on Earth. You know, it, it's cheesy, but it, it works. You know, you could play this to your woman, and, you know, it would it would work completely. Play this to your women, if you wanted to. If you're Prince. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Captain, what do you think about this? Ah, uh, a few things... I like it. Oh, I don't know if I like it. It starts off with, you know, the scratchy record sound, you know, saying, you know, this is a this is an old school song. It's a it's a ballad. It's the mm. old sound. Yeah, I think that's and, a little uh, bit overdone, that recording sound. I, yeah. I definitely he, he did that on Musicology as well at the start, didn't he? Yeah. He's done it on a million songs. Yeah. for a few seconds, you know, so. Yeah. And there's the lyrics. There's that stupid line, in this digital age, you could just page me. Who pages anymore, really? I mean, oh, I think page. I think probably. it's more a metaphor, it's just for metaphor, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, if he wrote that, you know, eight years ago, you know, might have, if it came out then, we would have said, oh, a pager, you know, doctors have pages. Then it was topical. But I, I take it literally, and no one has a pager anymore. Yeah, I don't take that line literally, though. I, I kind of agree with yeah. Jam. I think it's, it's just more- listening to that. It makes me think it's been sitting in the vault for a while. <laughs> With the other 207 songs. No, I songs. think it's... <laughs> I've always just heard that as just being a metaphor for, you know, emailing, iP- you know, iPoding, yeah. whatever, mobile phoning. This song reminds me of um, Power Fantastic. It's that really sort of quiet ballad and it's got the horn, the trumpet on there, mm-hmm. which is, I think, Christian Scott playing the trumpet, who I've never heard of before. We're talking yeah. about it's Toe Jam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll take yeah. the credit for it, of course. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember, yeah. But yeah, this song, I reckon it could have been written any time in the last... You know, 20 years. Could have been. Yeah. Could have been. Probably but, not. 
but but uh, it is a really good ballad. I'd say I'll agree that it's the best ballad he's done in a pretty long time. I, I think that song could have been could have been recorded in 1987. Maybe he re-recorded it, but I think he it could have been written, you know, a long time ago. Because it's really similar to me to like Power Fantastic and maybe Crucial to a point. The sax version, of course. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. It, it's, it's a 21st century ballad, is the way I see it. It's cool. It's smooth. It's part Miles Davis, part Prince. No Smokey Robinson in there? I was about to say part Smokey. Uh-huh. <laughs> part Smokey Robinson. I think it's a great vocal delivery. I agree with Toe Jam on the vocal delivery. If he recorded this a couple of years ago, it's brilliant. It's, it's a brilliant... Um, vocal delivery and I think one of these songs Future Baby Mama won a Grammy for either vocal performance or best R- traditional R&B or something like that if you're, give out a, if you're gonna give out a Grammy award for any of these songs you give it to the vocal delivery for somewhere here on earth I like the sentiment I don't think it's cheesy I don't think it's lame at all this is by far in my opinion one of the sweetest nicest most down to earth sentiments and song titles he's ever made. Maybe that's because I'm coming from it more from a personal point of view. But I just, I really like it. I like the vocal. Like I said, I like the bass. I love the trumpet. And the only, not negatives, but the only thing that, that could be improved, and it sounds funny to say that, is I think it's slightly too slow. Just yeah. slightly. It's a slow ballad, but I think it's a, you really got to put something off on it with a little bit you know, some more RPMs after this one if you want to get her excited. And I know it's not written for that reason, but it's a—it's just, it can very easily be put into the background if the listener is not focusing on the song, so. Exactly. So, like the first couple of times I listened to this album, the whole thing just went by. I didn't even notice it. And now, now you're talking about the whole album now, though. Oh, but, but this song in particular, <laughs> yeah. even I've, I've got it in the background now, I can totally just ignore it. No problem. I think but, if you but, catch but, on to the sentiment, then it'll grab you and it'll hold you. Mm-hmm. And if you if you grab the vocal and the falsetto, and if you don't, then it just it sounds like background, like a more of a background, cool jazzy type of track. But uh, Muzak, yeah, Muzak player. Yeah, look, I know I'm going to get hated for this. I'm not a very big fan of this track. I don't like the inserted vinyl crackle at the opening. I don't like the vocal delivery. I don't like the tempo of the song. I think it's way too slow, like you guys mentioned. Uh, and it's <laughs> yet to be really in the mood for this track. Um, I think it's a good ballad, but not a great ballad. And I know I'm going to get hated for for saying that, all those things. But the positive Take side... That, <laughs> the positive side, I like how it changes up to a waltz-type beat halfway through yeah. because that's yeah. where it picks up in its, in its pace. And with some excellent soloing from Renato with some fast, clean runs. Um, Is it Renato, though? Uh, it has to be Prince. Prince. Sounds like it. Yeah. I, I don't think that's Prince on the keys. Yeah. If it is, um, I'd be very impressed. Yeah. The one thing I do like about this uh, song is is the video. I think it's one of the better promo videos that he's done with the um, filming in Prague. I think it's really nice the, the, the way it's stylized. You know, there was some comparisons there to Damn You. I, I like Extraordinary better in comparison uh-huh. to Damn You. I can sort of see in the vocal delivery the comparison to that. But, yeah, just for me, this is just good at best. <laughs> okay. No way. Extraordinary. That's a very average ballad, in my opinion. <laughs> we'll get By to that Prince's another day. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. But no <laughs> way. This does, n- this does not compare to that at all. Yeah, I've got to side with you, Tojam. I think this one takes the cake on Extraordinary. I think Damn You and a couple of other ba- ballads might, might supersede this, but 
somewhere I'm always coming in when I listen to music and, and Prince and anyone it comes from a personal point of view as well so uh, there's, there's definitely some sentiment with somewhere here on earth I, I can't get I can't escape that sentiment aside from anything else in this track so I think just for that alone it takes it. extraordinary to me sounds like a common adult contemporary modern jazz attempt whereas this is a little bit deeper. And the only other thing I, I just want to quickly uh, put on this track, because I've been waiting to say this, I don't know what this musical effect is called. Miles Davis used to use it a lot, and he actually mentions it in some of the interviews that I've heard him, when I've heard him speak, and some written interviews. When, for example, bass notes or low notes within a song, in, in my language, lower or decrease, you know, so I, 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 they, they are played consecutively lower down the scale. You know, down the musical chart, and a high note, whether it be a trumpet, whether it be Prince's amazing falsetto in this, increase. It creates an effect. Like I said, I don't know what it's called. I don't know if anyone can hip us to to what it's actually what, what that effect is called. Contrary motion, isn't it? When you get one going that's, lower, one going right. higher. That's right. That's exactly it, uh, actually. Uh, so it's it's that effect that I'm talking about. It's one of the most powerful musical compositional techniques. A music, from my point of view, a musician can apply, and when it's done correctly, there's nothing like it. Miles Davis used to do it a lot, and there, there's a few interviews, like I said, where he he specifically he quotes this technique and he talks about it. He doesn't break it down like I might be now, but he but he definitely alludes to it and goes into a little bit of detail. But Prince employs this on this song, and I think that's very very overlooked because the bass and I think some of the keyboards are sifting, you know, they're, they're the notes are progressing lower and lower and lower, lower, lower down the scale. His voice and the trumpet is increasing, and it creates this this amazing sound. You actually hear it in a in a song by Silverchair, and let's not go into reviewing the song. But Straight Lines, kind of a commercial song, uh, at least. Wait, what song? What song is it? Straight Lines. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was it was fairly commercial, fairly poppy, very sappy. When it first came out, I blasted that track. I'm not a huge fan of the band by any means. I've listened to that s- song recently and have actually identified that effect. When Daniel Johns sings that line, and I, and I don't know how it goes, but he starts singing upwards, and the all of the rhythm tracks are heading down the scale. It's just magic to me. So for that reason, Somewhere Here on Earth is compositionally brilliant. Listen to Hello Goodbye by the Beatles. They do that. Do they really? You got the bass going down and the guitars and the guitars are going up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. And then it's going... Dun, dun. The bass is going down and yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very simple, but it's it's marvelous. What's it called again? The okay. effect? Ah, uh, contrary motion. Hmm. Contrary motion. Ah, okay. I don't know if it's... Yeah. I'm contrary, pretty sure I don't think it's contrary it or contrary. I'm not sure. I forget. It goes back to the old days when I used to learn piano. Uh. He's, he's definitely employing this, and I think it is, it's a conscious decision. It wasn't just something... I, I wouldn't imagine it came up in the studio. Maybe it did, but I just think that, he's, that he really has. He heard the trumpet, and he thought, okay, I'm going to start. I'm, I'm going to employ this technique, but it uh, could be completely off the, off the charts there. However, this album does change up highly from, from the sultry ballad of Somewhere Here on Earth to... I won't even attempt to describe this song. It's called The One You Wanna See. I With a C. Because he's such a good speller. 
<laughs> Anyone want to want to stab at this? Maybe let's start off with player. Uh, look, it's it's a pop light track the way I see it. It reminds me of the Beatles for some reason. I don't know why that is. I love the bass in this track. If you listen to this with headphones, it blows your head off. Lyrically, like if you were to compare this song with I Want to Be Your Lover, especially like the line in I Want to Be Your Lover where he says, I ain't got no money, to a song like this where he says, I got a lot of money and, and all that. I think this track sort of misses the mark because, you know, he's sort of overballing. Uh, you know, there's sort of there's a certain charm in the sort of I want to be a lover lyric saying that he hasn't got any money and sort of to love him for who he is and that. And this one, he just sort of, you know, is just coming out there like... You know, love me for my money. Yeah, sort of thing. So, overall, it's a quirky track, um, quirky pop-like track. It is, it is good, it is bearable, but that's it from me. Okay, Captain. Okay. I like this song. It's really got the 80s sound, I think. And it really reminds me of I Can Never Take the Place of Your Man. And this could be with Wendy and Lisa doing something in this song. I don't know. Yeah, I hear that but, comparison. Uh, but yeah, it, this could have been called I Could Never Take the Place of Your Man Part 2. Because he's singing lines like, you ain't no one night stand. But it sounds different from anything he's done in a while. And I again, sound different, yeah. th- and then again, I think, is this out of the vault or is this a new song again? But um, it's a pretty, yeah, it's a lightweight pop song, but I don't like he's trying to use the slang he's going on about being a hater and a player. I'm like, he's 50. 50 year olds don't talk about being players. Well, not any that I know anyway. You, you forgot one minor detail though, he's Prince. Yeah, but still. He's going he's to be a player and. When and he's 90. He's going to be balling when he's 90, yeah. Of <laughs> but there's some lyrics I was listening in this song. He's. He's, he's singing I come like thunder and if you want to get if, <laughs> come if, like thunder shit and if you, <laughs> you want to get creamy I mean I don't know if JW's hey, approved hey, of that sort of hey. language <laughs> hey you forgot about shaving your leg captain yeah what's with that one <laughs> I mean I heard them and I'm like what 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 <laughs> so yeah you don't, have, you don't have to shave your legs it's alright <laughs> it's just but, me and you <laughs> but yeah I like this song it's a really 80s song but yeah, those lyrics made me think, what's going on there? Tojem, what do you think is going on there? With the lyrics? Well, it's just cheesy Prince lyrics, really. I don't, I don't mind the song. It's very, like, the whole song's very simple. But I think there's two things that make the song, and that's one of them is the bass. I agree with player. The bass is really nice. Very Larry, Larry Graham. And the second thing is the, um, whether it's Wendy or Lisa or, or not, the yeah, 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 that bit. Oh, I love that. I love that. It's just, love it. It's such a nice, it's like sugar on top of the song. It's just really yeah. nice. I've also got here had a bit Shania Twainish, like, but not in a bad way, in a good way. It's kind of it's capturing that kind of happy-go-lucky, cheesy country slash pop sort of sound. And it, yeah, I it like, the song. like the song. Yeah, mm. but yeah, if it wasn't for those two, the bass and the yay yay bits, I'd probably be yeah, throw it away. But but those two things, I like. I like the song. Okay, I I, I agree with, with virtually everything that everyone said about this one. Has Prince invented a, a new style of his own here? Uh, at least, at least for as far as his prime music is is concerned, I don't know. Is this country funk? Maybe because I kind of think it is a bit of country funk, and he hasn't quite done this before. It's only been a couple of years, but he definitely hasn't released anything similar since. But I agree, it's very sugary. It's sugar coated. I think the guitar soloing is awesome, even though it's simple even though it's very easy and there's nothing to it. I think it's, it's very really classic cool. Prince Solo. Like, yeah, it's here it are, classic. that's Prince Solo, yeah. 
Yeah, you, you can you can just tell it's him, and and it does remind me of portions of the solo in I could ne- I could never take the place of your man, yep. when he, he, where he's doing a lot of bends, natural bends, no whammy bar at all. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> natural bends, and they they sound nice, and then there's a there's a little bit of um soloing and gadgetry towards the end, kind of fades out. But yeah, I love the bass. The, the song is all in the bass riff. It's in the country funk bass riff, and it, and I'm pretty sure it's not Larry Graham and it's not Josh Dunham. It's Prince on the bass. I have a feeling. Yeah, I agree. Love the vocal harmonies. I love the the yeah, yeah, yeah bit to quote Toe Jam. I think it's playful. This is for me, the, it's not raw, but take that, scrap that fact aside. It's the play in the sunshine for the 21st century. Yeah. And unfortunately, it is the 21st century and this is as good as we're going to get, but <laughs> it's pretty darn good. It's, you know, straightforward pop. I'll just say, you said he hasn't really done any country. There was, wasn't there something on Chaos and Disorder, which everyone said was country? Is it Right the Wrong? Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, right That's sort of yeah. country. I love that song. I sort of why. I love that whole album, because that's the guitar rock album I was always waiting for, and yeah. I got it. Yeah. Mostly. Yeah. Except for right. Into that, the that Light. Doesn't, doesn't Right the Wrong have a bit of yeehaw in it? Yeah, I think it's <laughs> And it has cheesy lyrics, too. That's right. <laughs> and why you might around think around the barn and that kind of thing? How's that in there? <laughs> your what is it? Grab your partner and Josido. That's what he needs to sing. <laughs> Peg him around the room <laughs> and come like thunder. <laughs> he needs to mix those two together. Yeah, why? That's good. why you might think this sounds like the Beatles is the guitar sound. It's pretty George yeah. Harrison-ish. He's yeah. got that vibrato on it that he uses a lot. Yeah. That's the comparison that I saw to it. Yeah. But, I mean, overall, it's uh, it's, it's difficult to review this song. It's a good little pop song. Yeah, it's a good little pop song. But it's, it's, the, it's Sorry, it's the kind of thing you can very easily dismiss, but when you actually hear it, you go, hey, that's not a bad song at all. Yeah. yeah. And, again, I, I know we should stop making comparisons between Prince and his current music and his previous catalogue and other artists, but from the, from the music that I listen to, and I listen to a wide palette, this... As far as pop songs go, this and guitar and all this, and even somewhere here on earth, they're very solid songs. And I think reviewing this album, even so far, has given me more more of an appreciation for for the music because, as funny and as poppy and as commercial as some of it sounds, it's really cool to listen to. So I think that's kind of you know you don't always have to take your music so seriously. So it does have a good little guitar solo near the end as well. Yeah, it's too short, but it's nice. Have you heard that one before? <laughs> Future baby mama is next. <sighs> and, oh, come on. Hear the groans. <laughs> Track number five. Future yeah. baby mama. Show me one of them and I'll make up mine with no more drama. Future baby mama. Grammy, if anyone didn't know this, and I'm not much for awards either, but Grammy Award winner. I heard you say that before, and I'm like, what? Well, I'll give it to you, Captain. How? Start this one off. I've got so little to say about this. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I don't not like the song. I don't like the song. It's got really good harmonies in it that I like. The vocals are pretty good. And you've got the Lynn drum machine, which I don't think is the Lynn drum machine, but it's a sample of the Lynn drum machine because it doesn't have the same sound. But I don't like it. Just, I don't not like it. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. It's just a, it's, it's just a song. I listened to it five times, and it's just a song. Future Baby Mama in brackets is just a song in brackets. Grammy Award winning song in brackets. It's just a song. It's just a song. 
Yeah, next. That's all I got to say. All right, Toe Jam, what do you think about this? I love this song. Oh, I still <laughs> um, <find> you. <laughs> lyrically, I don't really care much about it, but I really like the arrangement. I love the Lin drum. It really pops and crackles. It really does sound like a, an authentic Lin. Whether it is or not, I don't know, but it really has that pop and crackle to it. It's really Especially nice. Especially on headphones, right? Yeah, completely. The vocals, like the actual singing side of things are unbelievable. I totally deserves a Grammy for it. When it breaks down to when he goes, you know, Paris, London, Africa and all that, it's just really subtle, really subtle. And the um, the synth strings just turned up a bit. It's beautiful, beautiful song. But again, lyrics, couldn't care less about them. It has lyrics? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> but yeah, musically, musically, I really like this song. Okay. I might just steal a quick word for this and, and then send it up to player because I, I agree with, with everything Toe Jam said so far. I just want to say this is the re- kind of the return of the Lindrum or not, but it sounds good in any case. The vocal is A+. plus. It's a great vocal. I, I think... And he could have easily done auto... Like, anyone else doing this song these days would have auto-tuned it, and he hasn't. And for that reason, it's like, oh, man, that's killer. Yeah. The notes can, he's hitting so high, just so soft and subtly as well. It's amazing. Yeah, you can really hear, even underneath the production of this song, because there's a fair bit, you can really hear... It's, it's almost as if he's singing raw straight into the mic, and you can tell that it hasn't been... Uh, it, I don't think his vocals have, have really been touched or, or overdubbed much. And the ba- the back the backup vocals, which probably be a, probably are mostly his, are awesome. I mean, Babyface eats your heart out on this. <laughs> it's just classic backing vocals. I could understand Captain saying, you know, this is an average song and fades into the background, but that's the thing. This is very similar to Somewhere Here on Earth. It can fade into the background if it's not given, I think, the proper attention and the proper treatment. If you if you listen to this song while you're doing something else on a cheap system, you might that might be the uh, you know the, the end result. But I've listened to this on headphones turned right up, and the vocal delivery is ridiculous. I'm going around in circles, but there's bells and whistles galore. There's there are a lot of little things, especially I don't know if Toe Jam, if you heard this specifically, but there, there are a few really nice but short running bass notes. Yeah. But they're so light. Mm. They're just really light. So there was some of that as well. I don't know if you got other guys heard that as well, but there's a little bit of nice guitar, piano. The whole thing um, sounds like this futuristic music box. I just really like the sound of it. Yeah, I agree. So um, no complaints. It's an awesome track. I love the bells and whistles. This is a headphone track, and it deserves its Grammy Award. What do you think about it, player? I definitely agree, co-sign with all you guys. The the only thing I hate about this song is the title. It's too corny. It's, you know, I don't know what he's going for, if he's trying to reach out to a certain market of the audience. But, you know, I think that's what ruins this song is just the fact that it has a pretty lame-ass title. But apart from that, love the instrumentation, the limb drum, the synth, the bass. It makes an overall classic-sounding Prince slow jam. And I love the vocal delivery and the vocal track layering, like it, just the way he done it back in the day. And I think the other thing that works is the way, you know, he just locks himself up in a room and just layers all these tracks down and does it all himself and it comes out sounding like this. And he does this every once in a while and, you know, he just keeps doing it again. I think he can keep doing it all the time. So I, I, I really love the track. I don't know why. I mean, I, obviously, it's a great track to be nominated for Grammy. I don't know why it was there because it wasn't like a single release. So I don't know why they singled out this track out of the whole album. But it's hard, it's hard to say. 
Yeah, do Grammys get chosen or are they submitted? I don't know how it works. I think it gets submitted to a board. It's like the Oscars. And people on that board are like Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and a a whole heap of people. And then they listen to the tracks and then they do a ballot. Ballot vote. Ballot vote, yeah. And they decide that way. But, I mean, for me, like the Grammy Awards, like I think the last Grammy he got before the – before this decade, he, it was like the most beautiful girl in the world. And well, then I think he, he got a couple for musicology, actually. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is like he got nothing for Rainbow Children, which you know is a sin in my book. And I think it was only the year that he done that duet with Beyonce that every year after that he got nominated for something. He got musicology. He got thirty one twenty one. He got this album. So yeah. I think I don't know because. I think it's because of maybe he done that performance for the Grammys because he kept saying no to him every year. Yeah. What does a Grammy mean anyway? So yeah, exactly. It's a doorstop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an expensive doorstop. It's just a song. It's yeah. just an album. Well, this uh, talking about someone mentioned um, stupid titles. Track number six. Let's, <laughs> let's just get right into this one. Oh man, there's another one coming up as well. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Goodnight. All over the world, they call me Prince. But you can call me Mr. Goodnight. Call Mr. Goodnight. He'll make you feel alright. Make you throw your head back and holler. It's so nice, so nice. Let's start off with that. I'm just going to be really quick and then hand it over to the board on this. Best rap attempt by Prince ever. Awesome bass. Great hip-hop beat. It's a simple beat. I like it. He's got that swagger on this song. But what really brings it down for me is the rap. Not the rap in the beginning, but the rap about halfway through the song towards the end. It's just, I don't know what he's talking about. Raisins, watching a movie by the name of Chocolat on the big screen. I just think, you know what? It's getting me so... I don't even... I just don't want to talk about it. Someone take over. Uh, I'll give it to Captain... I think this is your typical R&B song not just Prince but typical R&B song and I don't know how many other people think this but to me R&B stands for rubbish and bullshit because I really don't like R&B that much which is strange considering my favourite artist is Prince but anyway it's the return of Prince's rapping which is always hilarious always good always self-absorbed yeah but I like his rap because it's just so dumb. It just makes me laugh every time I hear it. Doesn't matter what song, stuff off the gold experience and days are wild, and it's just funny. But I, and I really like his rap, even no matter how bad it is. And Tony M, Tony M's the best in the world. Got to ask you anyway. a question: Have you ever convened in a pool? I just <laughs> yeah. What's that? Before we convene in the pool. <laughs> oh man, sorry. <laughs> I have it that I know of. This song reminds me a bit of um, Underneath the Cream, just with its little synth lines, and it's just a simple drum beat going along. Yeah, it's it's your typical R&B song. D'Angelo, let me put it this way, D'Angelo would have kicked the out of this song. Yeah. And, and, and Prince just can't seem to do it. It's just, he's, do you know what it is? I, I, I said I was going to say anything, I'm just going to close on this, because it just popped into my, it's as if he's trying to be quote-unquote dirty, as he said before, without being dirty. And the problem is that to be dirty, sometimes you really got to get down and dirty. And it, whether it's being subtle or being obvious, I just don't think it works. 
you know, convening in a pool, watching chocolate with a few raisins in my mouth isn't my idea of a great time. Yeah, he's trying that, to be dirty, but in the confines of JW, so yeah. and it doesn't work. Flayo or Toe Jam, just take it over. Yeah, I, this is similar to me with Future Baby Mama. I really don't care about the lyrics. I think his rap is a little bit... Hilarious. Yeah, no, it sort of fumbles along. It doesn't really have a sort of flow to it, I find. But what I really like about this song, again, is the background arrangement of the synths. You get this sort of washing... If you get the headphones on, you get this sort of washing synth sound over the top, and then you get the Fender Rhodes doing this wow-wow-wop sort of sound throughout it. And for that reason alone, I I really like this, this sound he sort of has going in the song. But, yeah, the rap does kind of pull it down a bit. But it's certainly, like, for that, the music stuff in the background alone, like, I like the track. The rap just makes it better. (laughs) Player? Yeah, it segues right in from the last track into this one. It's a great R&B track. I love the beat. I love the little bell chime refrains that happen through it. Yeah, it sounds like it's going 31, 21, like that. Yeah. And I like the, the, the rap style, the vocal delivery, not the rap itself, but the delivery. Cause, you know, in this track, he really thinks he's king dingling in this track. And, yeah. you know, he's coming across <laughs> that way. But, you know, when he gets into things like, you know, being greeted by Spanish men and all this sort of stuff, you know, it, you know how he says you're greeted by a Spanish <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. what you whine and moet? It's like, yeah, you know. A little Spanish man. Yeah. I'm Just a shout out to all the little Spanish men in the world. That's a great line. I mean, uh, it's, it even borders on derogatory that, you know, he has like a, like a little Spanish servant, you know, that will cater to your needs. It's just, yeah. uh, you know, I think, why would you put that in the track? You could do so much better with it. But, you know, overall, it's a very smooth track. Just after this song came out, there was a mashup online where they mashed this up with a Notorious B.I.G. song, and it worked quite well, and I downloaded that, and that works really well. They they mash up the lyrics of Biggie with Prince's chorus in it, and it works really well, and I like that version. But um, for this, it's sort of touch and go, depending on, you know, the delivery works, but the lyrics don't, you know, it misses the mark. I'll just say, in the one you want to see, he's saying he's got lots of money. Well, now he's proving it. He's saying, I've got a waiter. I've got someone, uh, my little servant, which proves I've got money because he gets paid. Yeah, I agree with all that. I think it's just, it's either taking the piss and it's a it's a stupid little, funny little track, or if he's actually taking himself seriously, that's what would be a little bit scary to me. <laughs> because there are a few things in this song that are just like, they're odd, to say the least, but... I'd you vote go, for that. I'd vote you, that he's taken himself seriously. Yeah, you can go from odd, and then you can end. You can arrive at all the midnights in the world. <laughs> so, in comparison, if oh I have to compare, Mister Goodnight is a great track. In comparison <laughs> <laughs> to all the midnights in the world. For And I'll hit this off very quickly just from my opinion. I don't even feel like reviewing this song properly because I don't think it deserves it. I don't think it has any place on this particular album. It should be followed or preceded by The Wedding Feast (laughs) and maybe Kama Sutra. But I'll give him one thing. Aside from the fact that it's terrible, it's cartoonish, it's... My girlfriend listened to this and she thought straight up wiggles. (laughs) Sesame Street. 
bring out the big bird. Yeah, it's very it's, it's very children's wow. television it's actually, show. I had in my original notes when I first reviewed the album, reminds me of a Muppets ballad. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they composed it when he was on the on the Muppets that Muppet, one time yeah. when they rang Raspberry Sorbet or whatever it was. <laughs> fluff. It is fluff. It is absolute fluff, but I'll give it props for one reason and one reason only. Take away the vocals. Completely? Not a bad composition. I like the drums. Whoever's playing the drums, nothing special. I like how they're hitting them. I don't know if anyone really feels or is hearing what I'm hearing, but I like the drums. I like the sound of the drums in this song, and I like the bass. Very simple playing, but it just it just feels nice. But it's just fluffy. It's just fluff. And if, if, you, if you like it as an instrumental, just wait. It'll come out on Lotus Flower, the website. <laughs> <laughs> As a totally new track with a different name. It'll be some, something about a seafood, you know. Maybe. Disco <laughs> <Just go> seaweed. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's all I've got to say on this song, except for the fact that in his book, recent, if you can call it that, 21 Nights, he has the, the lyrics to this. Now, I'm sure you can look up the lyrics online, but in this book are the lyrics to All the Midnights in the World. And when you read these lyrics off of the page and you force yourself to forget that he turned this into a song as pure poetry it is unreal and that's a really odd thing for me to say after I've slammed this track so hard and I I read a fair amount of poetry in my spare time it's great it's a great poem and I think you should have left all the midnights in the world as a nice sweet gentle little poem to his special someone don't turn it into a muppet don't don't turn it into something that Kermit would sing and I'm, I'm leaving that there toe jam yeah, I wouldn't bash it so much. I'm not saying it's a great track by any means. I think he was trying to go for this sort of soft, you know, laid-back kind of ballad after all the great tracks before it. But, yeah, it just, again, it just sounds like a Muppets ballad to me. It's disappointing in the respect you have Somewhere Here on Earth and Future Baby Mama with awesome vocals. This one, the vocals in this are just, I don't know, they're, they're really kind of out of tune and, like, I think it's deliberate. Like, he was trying to make it sound laid back and relaxed, but they're just really off-putting, the vocals in this. Yeah, I can see what he was trying to do, but it just doesn't work for me. I usually skip it. And I've tried to listen to it a few times to try and get more out of it, but there's just nothing there to get out of it, really. <laughs> what do you think, player? Yeah, it's definitely the skip track of this for me. Um, one thing that keeps coming up is in, in all our conversations is expectation. And like when I heard the title, All the Midnights in the World, I was expecting like the big seduction ballad of the kind of like the Somewhere Here on Earth with the title like that. But it just came across as a really bland song. I don't even think this is worthy of the vault. He should have just stopped halfway through it and, and acted. And said, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's a really bad track. I, I mean, a lot of things that I don't get into right away with Prince, I usually get into a little bit later after a few listens. And I mean, a classic example of that, believe it or not, is Peach. Like, I didn't like Peach when it came out. And oh, you about, are. You're kidding. No, I'm not kidding. And it took me about 10 listens. And then, uh, you know, I just loved it after that. Oh but initially, God. I didn't like it. And I was hoping for something like that on this track. And I couldn't get into it. MC, do you have the lyrics in front of you? I don't have the lyrics in front of me. Do you, no. do you know in the second verse, does he say, like, Zuzu Petals? Like Zuzu's Petals, yeah. Yeah, because Zuzu Petals is... A, have you guys seen Ford Fairlane with Andrew Dice Clay? There's a character in that called oh, Zuzu Petals. Oh, The Adventures Petals. of Ford Fairlane, yeah. that's right, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. the blonde bimbo character mm-hmm. in that. Her name was Zuzu Petals. So every time I hear this track <laughs> and I hear him say that, I think of that her... <laughs> And it's, yeah, it's just Maybe a really... spend all the midnights in the world with her. Mm. 
Yeah, but honestly, it's a skip track for me. And it's, you know, I'm rating that as one of the worst Prince songs ever. Ever. I agree Ooh. with you. V- very Captain. big oh, I guess it's me then. Yes, um, it is. This is the broken, dodgy ballad. I mean, on thirty-one twenty-one, you had Te Amo Corazon, which I'd prefer. We'll get to that. Kidding. We'll oh, get, man. We'll get to that. That is no way. Is Rain- that, is Rainbow that Children had Wedding Feast. Batman had Arms of Orion. Graffiti Bridge had Graffiti Bridge, which I actually really like that song, but it's the same sort of dodgy, cheery, sing-along song. And uh, it sort of fits on this album, but it sort of doesn't. So, yeah, it's just a really, like everyone said, it's, you know, the Muppets, it's a children's TV show sing-along song. And I wouldn't say it's his worst song ever. There's, there's a few others I could think of, but it's it's down there. It's maybe definitely after, down there. Maybe after everyone listens to Planet Earth and we all save the Earth, we'll all sit around in a little circle singing all the midnights in the world. What <laughs> exactly. Is the I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> Honestly, and, and if, if Prince is listening, no offense to you, but we're going to just continue on and, and not say another single word about this song. If you can't say anything nice... Don't say anything at all. <laughs> True <laughs> Too late. Too late. <laughs> and off we go into track number eight, Chelsea Rogers. Pick this one up. First I of all, can. Who's a big... Okay, player's a fan of the track. Maybe, maybe not. Well, we're going from the worst track to the most slamming track on the album. Oh, it has right. fantastic bass line, great chicken horn stabs. Yeah, great horn stabs, awesome chicken grease guitar. Shelby Shines. It's really, for me, a reminiscent of the Prince and Rosie Gaines days where he sort of lets her take over a bit on the vocal. It's a very funky attempt at disco without coming across as corny. And to me, when I listen to it, I'd say JK from Jamiroquai would really dig this kind of track. To me, it sounds like a Jamiroquai track. It reminds me of uh, Canteed. Yeah, um, yep. Sheila E's in there. Maceo's in there. What more could you want? The horn solos are cool. Everyone gets a go. You get a sax, a trombone, and a trumpet solo. Lee Hogan laying it down since Alana Bliss. So, you know, we haven't heard too much of the trumpet since those days. So, it's good to hear a bit of trumpet in there. And, you know, around the, the time when he was putting this album together, he was seen at a few uh, Sheik concerts during that era. And it just makes me wonder if this track was influenced by Nile Rodgers and Bernard Edwards because yeah. it's got that definite flavour in it. very reminiscent. Yeah, I'd say this is the best track on the CD and yep. I'd say that this saves the album's ass. Cool. Dojan, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with a lot of that. I've got that as well. Prince doing Jamiroquai, or is it Jamiroquai doing Prince or something? Nice to hear Shelby on there again. Again, once again, lyrics. Don't really care for the lyrics. The bass line is an awesome bass line, obviously. When I first heard it, my first thought was it's a Larry Graham track called Save Me, which is a really religious disco funk song from the 70s, and it's very, very similar to that. And I can almost hear Prince hearing that and saying, oh, I'm going to make my version of Save Me kind of thing. Um, I'm happy I haven't heard it in that case, because this is funky. Oh, this, that's funky too, but it's is it? it's a very, very similar kind of vibe. Yeah, no, the, the horn solos are awesome. Yeah, not much else to say about this song. It's I wouldn't say it's my favourite off the album, but it's the only real pure funk sound on the entire disc, so for that reason, you, you can't dislike it. It's an awesome song. What do you think, Captain? 
I agree. This song definitely saves this album's ass. Imagine if this was a nine-track album without Chelsea Rogers on it. You went from all the midnights in the world to Line of Judah and then Resolution. That's a really bad end to an album. It definitely saves the whole disc from being really bad. But do you and think he's he's put this track in this place to give it more impact between the Line of Judah and the All the Midnights in the World? Because I remember in, in a concert, Prince saying, um, you know, his father told him to, after he does something that's really slamming, to do the ballad after it or something slower yeah. to give it more impact. You know, it really stands out with it being here between... In between two those more. two. Yeah. I mean, like we said last podcast, there's always a reason why he puts things where he puts them. I mean, it's not just he doesn't randomly throw a bunch of tracks on a disc. But then again, listen to this album, maybe he did, but it, it works in there. I like the end note of this song, which reminds me of um, I Can Never Take the Place of Your Man. When he used to play it live, he used to end on a, a really high guitar note. It wasn't fitting in with the song. And this song ends on some weird note with the horns, I think. But it works. But yeah, I don't have much to say about it. It's just your funky retro disco sort of song, which he hasn't really done anything really disco-like before that I can think of. But yeah, that's about it. Yeah, uh, for me, this is the jam of the year. I'll agree with you guys. It is funky. It's, it's There's a bit of disco in there, but jam of the year off of Emancipation was not it. This is the jam. This is one of the funkiest commercial print songs of the last few years, without a doubt. One of the funkiest... Prince tracks probably since the gold experience actually actually since the gold experience some of the songs on there to me it's future funk the first time I heard it Jamiroquai popped up into my mind but then I think they eclipsed Jamiroquai because as much as I like Jamiroquai the band and JK as a singer and all that kind of stuff they are heavily rooted in disco funk mm. whereas this is funk disco I think the bass line is as disco as it is it's, it's very funky it's all in the bass the song is all in the bass and the drums, and then the horns on top of it. It's almost like that formula of Alphabet Street that I talked about last time. It's a very similar form, formula for producing the type of funk that this is. I've got nothing. I haven't got a single bad thing or negative thing or subpar thing to say about this. This is a. If this is out of five stars, it's a four to five star easily. It's. I love the chicken scratch funky reggae guitar. The lyrics are cool. You know, even even whack lyrics, not to say that they are, but even whack lyrics, you know, couldn't ruin this song. It's just it's just funky. It's one of the things he does best. You can't get much better. And I think it's sequenced on this album, like you guys mentioned, very, very specifically. Coming off Slow Jam, Future Baby Mama, Slightly Faster Pace, Mr. Goodnight, Muppets, Wiggles, Circle Dance, All the Midnights in the World, Slow, Slow Pace, and then he hits us with this. Shake it like a juicy juice. It's just funky. It's the funkiest song in this album, and it, and it creates a great ending. So I know there was a lot of hype on forums and print sites and stuff when this came out, and I think it's well-deserved. It's a great, great song. Great song. And Chelsea Rogers, Nile Rogers, I don't know. Maybe there's, a, maybe there's a connection there. I don't know. Awesome track. Whatever happened with her, because there was a website, ChelseaRogers.com, and nothing really happened there, and... She's hanging yeah, out all with this, Tamar. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. That's... You know, there's all this speculation what's going to happen with Chelsea Rogers, and again, it was just nothing happened. So. Yeah. I think it's another thing where Prince gets bored of a project really quickly and moves on to the next thing. I mean, yeah. I would have liked to have seen something from her. I, I, from what I guess is she's just a model. I don't think she's a singer or anything, so I don't know maybe what the point it, of the site was. But Maybe it was a brand of perfume or clothing or something like that that they were looking at doing, and then he thought, no, I'm going to focus on lotus flower or something like that. I don't know. I'll just say something about 
how he gets sick of things really quickly. That's the thing that probably annoys me most about him. He can have these excellent ideas, or say, just say he had this excellent idea for an album, he recorded the album. When he was back at Warner Brothers, they might have just released the new album of his three months ago, and they'll say, well, you can't release that for another at least eight months. And he might have a whole tour planned and all this stuff planned to do with this album. But by the time it's released, he doesn't give a shit anymore. Can I say that? I did. But that's the, th- that's the thing that really annoys me. But now that he's got the internet, he can give us this stuff straight away. Since 1997 with the crystal ball, he was going to give us that straight away. And how long did it take for you to get yours in the mail? I'm going to touch while. on that on the overall review of this album because there's a reason why we don't get all this so quickly uh, I think there's a unanimous decision here that Chelsea Rogers is a funky awesome <laughs> yeah. track one of the one of the best on this on this for me it's top two or top three I, I'm assuming you guys are similar well, I'd say probably first or second yeah definitely co-sign that yeah I'm tossing up between Planet Earth Somewhere Here on Earth and Chelsea Rogers yeah that'll be the top three yeah where in contemporary commercial music and now I'm talking supposed geniuses such as who I don't consider to be, such as Kanye West, Timberland, production style, all that kind of crap that I'm really not into, but hey, listen to it if you like, who who fake the funk in many in many cases, in many scenarios, that you just can't compare to this. This is pure funk, unadulterated. You got Maceo on here. It's just ridiculous. You know, in these times in 2007, 08, 09, this is a funky track. And, you know, if you put this on the radio and you compare it to any other tracks who... It'll, out, just, it'll out-funk them. Yeah, it'll just out-funk them. And that's the perfect way to sum it up. Instead of me ranting on for two hours about this, you just summed it up. It out-funks <laughs> anything on the radio right now. And then some. So um, that's Chelsea Rogers. And he mixes it up again. This is a very varied album. He goes from funk to, I don't know what to call this, but it's called Lion of Judah. Like the Lion of Judah, Judah, I strike my enemies down, as my God is near me, surely the trumpet will sound. That's just a song. And it's, it's just a song, and leading, in, leading into this commentary by the captain, what do you think of Lion this song is really I listened to this song a fair few times because I'd listen to it and then I listened to it again I listened to it again and I was like I think Tojo said before you're trying to get something out of it I didn't get anything out of this song it sort of reminds me a bit of Cinnamon Girl and it's got a bit of guitar near the end but I just the lyrics the vocals there's nothing really that stands out of this whole song for me and I've listened to it a bunch of times I don't even know what the lyrics are about. I guess it's about Judah, but I didn't listen. But, but nah, it's just nothing memorable about this song at all for me. That's it. Okay. Toe Jam, anything memorable? I think the guitar solo is memorable. Memorable. It's a really oh, nice yeah. guitar solo at the end, but I kind I do agree. It's like, you listen to it and you think, yeah, it's a really nice song, but... But it's just a song. Yeah, you, <laughs> it is. It's just a song. There's nothing really there that other than the guitar solo that really sort of stands out and makes you really want to listen to it over and over kind of thing. It's not as religious as, you know, the title may suggest. It's basically just about, you know, trying to overcome obstacles and this kind of thing. Yeah, there's a symbol, the Lion of Judah. Actually, there are a few different things. I did a little bit of research about the Lion of Judah and there's a lot of symbolism behind it. But But I think, yeah, a lot of people see that title and think, oh, it's Prince's religious rambling. And it's not really. It's just like he's using that as a a reference, but it's not really that religious at all. But to me, the entire, like the album up until Chelsea Rogers, other than Midnight's, is an unbelievable album. And these last two tracks are just slightly under par. 
compared to the rest of the album. And it's a little bit disappointing because it kind of spoils what could have been an absolutely amazing album. But anyway, I'll pass that on now. I just wanted to say about that, the ending of the album with Line of Judah and Resolution. He's, the last couple albums, he seemed to have like a weak end, mm. a weak end, a weak finish to the album. Get on the Boat was pretty slamming. Yeah, but I just, you know, the last few albums I've, I've felt that, you know, they sort of just, you know, fizzle out and like on 3121 he had to get on the boat. What was, what was on the end of Musicology? Reflection. Reflection, what was it, yeah. Mr. Man? I forget. No, Reflection. Reflection was. It's, yeah, they just sort of fizzle out those last couple albums for me, and this one too. I mean, Resolution's not a bad song, but I would have had it chosen a different song to end the album on. Okay. Player, what do you think about Judah? Uh, I think it's good, but not a great track. It's To me, it sounds unfinished for some reason. There's, some, there's something about the song I can't put my finger on. It's probably vault-worthy, but having said that, if you can imagine throwing something in the vault and then... You know, if you get to hear it out of the vault and go, is that a great track or do you know what I mean? Like if it ends up on an album and people, you know, say it's crap, but if it goes in the vault, they go, oh, you know, why didn't you release this? So I don't know if, you know, if there's something about it, but it overall brings the CD back down from the Chelsea Rogers. It has those little bit of the religious overtones, although if you dig deeper into the track, like Toe Jam said, it's not very religious. And with the vocal contributions throughout the song, I wonder if it's if it's Wendy and Lisa involved in this at all, because it kind of sounds like them. But yeah, to me, it just sounds like an unfinished track. Okay. It's got that well, first, the first chord has that purple rain sound to it. It does, yeah. yeah. So that, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm completely at odds with everyone on this track. Now, I'm not going to say it's the best thing since sliced bread, because those aren't the types of comments that I generally make, but this is a very solid song, and I love the fact that it sounds unfinished. That's what I really love. It doesn't sound... The production's good, and, and it's slightly glossy, but there's enough rawness to the sound that, really, that I really like, and I wish... He employed more of the type of production on this particular track on some other songs. Maybe even a little bit less. But I just, I do like the production. I like the composition. The intro is cool. It reminds you of Purple Rain in reverse, almost. I haven't compared the charts to see exactly what notes he's playing and what scale he's in. But yeah, there's a reminder of a pseudo Purple Rain type of intro. And I'm going to continue this this review of this song by saying that I really, I really like this song, if you haven't guessed. The really chilled guitar. Yeah. Is it Michael B and Sunny T? I'm not sure, but whoever those on the rhythm section are awesome. I, th- I think there's some sort of Wendy and Lisa influence. Awesome lyrics. Very simple, but they could mean anything to anyone, even using a reference such as Lion of Judah. So I think that's really cool. It's a cool song. It's, it's storytelling. I, I think there's a story behind it. I like the spiraling effect of the guitar. Uh, towards the end and, and just in general I love the guitar here I like the rhythm I'm not sure if that's him on, on the rhythm guitar or not but I believe it would be in, in the soloing towards the end it's just this type of song it's one of those songs where like Stevie Wonder used to say he, he Stevie Wonder kind of composes in you know he, he, even though due to his circumstance it would be difficult to do whenever I listen to songs I, I can see colours which is amazing you know especially coming from from someone like Stevie. And this song is, is colourful to me. It's like a dark blue, dark purpley type of colour. And I can I can feel a colour when I listen to this song and I don't feel colours when I listen to the other songs. It's just an awesome track. I love this song. It's top three easily and on any given day this might be the best song on the album because to me, because it's it's quirky. It's not poppy, you're not gonna hear it on the radio. It just it strikes some kind of chord the type of music that he doesn't do enough of and I think 
this is a sign that if he pushed himself in this direction, he could come up with some far more experimental, chilled out sounding type of type of music. And I don't, I don't think it's got a place on this album, actually. It doesn't fit. It's got that guitar solo as well at the end. It's gone from left to right, if you've yeah. listened to it on headphones, which sounds right. Yeah, that is pretty good part it of gives me, It gives me something to listen to, at least. <laughs> Looks like something I'm in the minority on this one, because it just... <laughs> Yeah, and especially on headphones like most of his music. To me, it sounds like it's a essential. Like obviously, you've got either Wendy or Lisa or some girl singing the you know the backing vocals. But to me, I think it's primarily a Prince played track, and I think it would have been better if it was Sunny T and Michael B or Josh and Cora. I don't know. It just it, it sounds like a one man song that needed something a bit more powerful to it. That's just the way I hear it. Yeah, it would definitely sound even bad better song. to my ears bad if it was more power behind it. So you were saying it was, it's not a bad song? It's not a bad song, but it's just, I don't know, it's kind of, it just doesn't, it doesn't quite reach the mark that it promises. Yeah, I can see that. It's it's not outstanding, it isn't, and it, no, I don't think it ever, yeah. Anyway, each to their own, though. Quirky, yeah. It, it, one thing I do agree with you guys on, it, it doesn't fi- it doesn't finish the album well, especially after Chelsea Rogers, and that's why I said I don't think it belongs on this album. I believe it belongs on some sort of alternative, chilled out, different kind of vibe, it's, and it goes into resolution. Now, resolution finish, finishes off the album. I am not going to say anything about this. This is filler. <laughs> it's not a decent song. It's not even a half-decent song. It ruins this entire album for me. It just ruins it. I wish it wasn't on there. Leave it at track eight, have a short album, cut it down. It's just, it's crap. That's it, I said it. <laughs> this is a crap song. I've been holding back, guys, but this is a crap song. Captain, what do you think? I think this is his sort of, is it a, some sort of protest song or something? But the lyrics are so dodgy, like a 10-year-old could have written them. I mean, where something as good as like Party Up, I mean, that's a good damn song which isn't that dissimilar in its messages. I mean, he's really good at writing his, you know, sensual lyrics, but as soon as he starts off on his political agenda stuff, it just sounds dopey. But, I mean, he started the first track off with Planet Earth and he's ending with Resolution, but I think both those songs, this one more so, they're just not good enough to, you know, convert people to, to his cause. If, if Resolution was a great song and Planet Earth was a bit better, something might happen. Oh, that's all about all I have to say. It's a pretty. I won't say it's crap, but I. No, I'll re- say it's crap. I definitely. I wouldn't. <laughs> I would. I would. I would never have ended the album with this song, though. I mean, I would have put Planet Earth as the last song. That'd be a great song to finish on and start with guitar or another song that's going to kick your ass or Chelsea Rogers. But don't end with this. It's just so disappointing. It's so disappointing that I'm pledging right now live on this podcast that I'm never going to listen to this song ever again. Wow. <laughs> ever. I will close the album with Lion of Judah and I'm going to have my finger right on the like the eject button or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're showing your age with an eject button. Yeah. But then it's got that stupid effect at the end where he's like playing with the faders on the mixing desk. That's just annoying. Mm. 
anyone, yeah. anyone take this. I really couldn't <laughs> care less. Um, I wouldn't call it horrible. It's certainly a disappointing <laughs> ending. It's certainly a disappointing ending. But I do like the bass. It's the similar kind of, you know, octave bass thing he's doing in um, the one you want to see. And I don't mind the bridge musically, but the whole thing's just too short. And, you know, the naive lyrics, it is a really disappointing closer. But I wouldn't call it a horrible, completely horrible song. Well, that's pretty high praise. I wouldn't call it completely horrible. (laughs) (laughs) But it's horrible. (laughs) It's slightly horrible. I mean, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to piss in his pocket. This is a shit song. (laughs) No holds barred. This is the public domain. I'm going to say it like it is. It's ending it right here, right now. I'm going to stop forcing myself or attempting to force myself to like songs like this, you know, and all the midnights in the world. Those two can just go. I'm not digging them. I don't like them. I think they're so poorly done in an environment and in a music industry where people attempt songs such as this or albums full of material similar to this with the same with the same type of outcome in mind you know make a statement that are a trillion times more interesting and more heartfelt and more poignant and this is just weak this is if guitar was was good bubblegum pop this is rubbish bubblegum crap <laughs> resolution a resol- it would be a resolution if this if this was not on this album it's an, it should be a nine-track album, and it should finish with Lion of Judah. This is another track. When he was recording it, he should have stopped half through, halfway through, and said, "What the hell is this?" Next. <laughs> yeah, and the um, you know, the keyboard thing at the end—it just adds to the it adds to the disappointment of it. Yeah, the lameness. <laughs> but the lameness. Listen to it one more time, just for the bass, because the bass is nice. But like I said, the lyrics—they're just so dopey. Yeah. But the thing I noticed with this album, with the. I don't have the retail copy. I've got the, the UK newspaper one. Does the retail version have lyrics with it? No. No, you had to download it. Oh, okay, but he did put them up for download. Because yeah. cause he has included lyrics with almost every album. So I thought, because he didn't include the lyrics with this, maybe he knows as well that they're just, they're just not that good on this album. Well, you can hear them clearly. I don't think you need to include lyrics here. There's yeah. I think he was just cost-cutting. Cost-cutting, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he did that with Crystal Ball with the, the original... The, the little booklet thing that was all on the website and he had to print it out yeah. and then he went and released it anyway who in their right mind I just don't understand it it doesn't add a single you talk about value add it adds absolutely no value it detracts so much from this album but mm. I can understand why he put it in he's got yeah. a song Planet Earth about saving the, you know, the yeah. world it's just he's the got cons- a song about all the midnights in that- the world it's the concept he's starting off by saving the world and then he's talking about how you know, war's bad because nobody ever wins. Well, you know, he gets the Einstein Award for 2007 in that case. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I, I don't understand it, so I don't like it. I will not play it. Mm. Has anyone got anything to say about this? Yeah, I do. Um, not much, though. Look, the only thing I... I'm trying to think of where he was going with this. And, you know, to have it as an ending track, I think, you know, what he was going for was he had the seriousness of Planet Earth at the start. But by the end of the album, everything's all right. Because, you know, you've got this track, it's got the la-la-las, you know, it's all very cutesy, it's too cutesy. The only thing I like about this track is the guitar riff at the start of it, but that is it. I hate the lyrics, I hate the vocal delivery, and it ends the album on a whimper. And the, and the fact that he... fizzes out. Yeah, and, you know, how he's... Even just the vocal delivery with, you know, how he goes, the main problem with war, you know, like, yeah. war is such a heavy topic, you know, and yeah. to trivialise it in this sort of song, it just, 
it just sucks. <laughs> it just really sucks. I think everyone is of the same mind of this track. What it does need is it needs like a, a guitar solo at the end, like the Holy River. Like the Holy River up into, you know, leading up to the guitar solo is a pretty average song. But then it finishes with this killer synth yeah. and guitar solo and that makes the song. This one just sort of fizzles out and doesn't go anywhere. I don't think anything can save this song. If Prince recorded his greatest studio guitar solo ever in history and put it on the end of this track, I would still <laughs> never listen to it. I would refuse to listen to it in principle, obviously because I've just made that statement, but also because I, I just can't handle it. He's not a social commentator. He doesn't have the juice. He doesn't have the experience. He doesn't have the background. He just doesn't have the skills to do this type of music. You don't start off an album talking about saving the, the world and the earth and then talk talk about, you know, all the midnights in the world where, where he makes reference to the, a little Spanish man and about, <laughs> you know, Moe and, and, and flying on a Concord. He's talking about Chelsea Rogers, how she's all clammed up and fashionable and all that kind of stuff. He's portraying himself as a, you know, as a player, someone filthy rich put some of that back into the environment would be my message instead of making a song like Resolution it's just it's very one dimensional and it's bubblegum the money he spent on recording Resolution could have you know saved a dolphin or something exactly there's a good song there's a a ridiculous song an amazing song yeah but I'm sounding like a broken record I have been for a while this does it to me I'm sorry I apologize. The last thing I've got to say about this song is I'm a bit confused about something. It's in this song and a couple of other songs as well. The lyrics, dopey as they are, they they try to be a bit political. And I was, I always thought, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses, they're non-political. They're not supposed to have any comments about anything like that, about leaders and stuff. So how's he including this type of stuff without violating his belief? Yeah, I agree with that, but I think he's violated his his beliefs. Maybe oh, like, with the kind of ca- coming music, <laughs> <laughs> with his coming like thunder and yeah, 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 yeah. whammy bar. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, I agree with Tojam with what he said. It just when, when Tojam said this is this could have been an excellent album, and and is and is even in spite of some, some of you know resolution and and all the midnights in the world, it's still a great album. At the end of the day, I agree with that. I agree with that because I won't listen to Resolution ever again and I'm happy about that. And it's actually improved my quality of life making that decision. <laughs> and I'll, I'll probably will listen to All the Midnights because I think there's still some value to be had. But the rest of the tracks, they're all good to great Prince songs. And um, in summary, I think it's a, you know, if we, if we take an overall view of, of this album, from my point of view, I'll keep it very short, I think it's, I think it's a good album. I think it's far above average. Some of the songs are awesome. There's some great guitar soloing. I like his production. Compositionally, it's quite good. He is trying a little harder than than usual. And I've heard a few people say that before, and I agree with it. There's some really good songs on here. There's some good slow jams. Future Baby Mama, awesome track. Chelsea Rogers, funky as hell. Guitar, far better than the demo. Great rocking track. You know, Somewhere Here on Earth, great sentiment. Very well done. There's too much good in this album to slam it it's by no means a failure it's by no means a bad album it's a good album it's better than good but it, it doesn't quite make it to, to masterpiece status it misses by by a fair bit but it's good I, I've played this many many times maybe we'll take it back to the round table again 
we'll start with player. Just get some random thoughts and maybe talk about what you know what you guys think overall and how often you listen to it. Because I still put this on constant rotation. All right. Um, just to go on that, I was talking to some people online and they were asking me about this podcast and they said, "What's the next subject?" And I said, "Planet Earth." And it's this, the first thing they said was, oh, "I'll have to get that out. I'll have to dig that one out." So you know, it it seems like it's widely regarded as a you know shelved sort of release. The way I describe the album is uneven. By that I mean, I mean, the, like as I'm re- reviewing it, there is good tracks all the way through it. But when you look at it as, as a whole, it's really uneven. Now, if you were to compare this, now this is a big call to say Gold Experience. Gold Experience is a oh, very don't don't don't, no, no, hang on. don't poke the bear. No, hang on. <laughs> Just let me get this out. If you look at Gold Experience from top to bottom. It's slickly produced. It sounds like one cohesive effort. If you look at the Rainbow Children, it's stripped back, but every track is like that. This, you're getting sugar-coated stuff here and there with Future Baby Mama or uh, Mr. Goodnight. And then you're getting the sort of stripped back songs like All the Midnights in the World, Line of Judah. And so, like, it comes across as uneven all the way through it. So, you get, you know, this... You get guitar, which is really nicely produced, and then you're getting all the midnights in the world. It's just the opposite end of the spectrum, you know? Um, I think he should have labeled this as an EP running at 45 minutes, and it's been widely regarded that this is the same vein or extension of Musicology and 3121. They consider this as the mm-hmm. holy trinity, if you call it that. I think it's strange that there was no booklet or proper credits. There was not only the online booklet, there's a few credits at the back of the CD where it's where he says, much respect to AEG. I think that was pretty interesting, him saying that. I like the great cover photo artwork. It's it's very of high standard. I've seen online people bag it out saying it's uh, cheap and stuff, but I think it's really good. He comes across as very godlike, hovering over the earth. Yeah, um, the I like in- that too. Yeah, the inside picture where he's wearing the corset, a bit questionable, and from what I heard, the Wendy and Lisa contributions were all done via email, I think through Pro Tools. So, I think he was working on tracks and then he emailed to them, them, to them and they worked on it and sent it back and forth. I don't know if that affects the album because I think that he can get, like in the past, a good energy having them with him. Um, I don't know if that's a little bit lost. I think it's innovative using the newspaper, the Mail on Sunday, to distribute it. I think that was good PR for him for the upcoming tour. What backfired for him was the UK record stores threatening to pull his back catalogue because they weren't seeing any of the um, the sales through, you know, having it done through the paper. There used to be a time where the tour promoted the CD, and in, I think in this case the CD really promoted the tour and in that regard it worked for Prince for the 21 night um, stint. Overall I think it's a, a watered down release. It's not a bad release but it's it sounds to me he probably knocked it up within a, within a week in his uh, Rio hotel room at Vegas. Hmm. But in saying that I think... Anyone that can produce an album like this in a week is a, is a genius. Yeah. We know, we know that. But... <laughs> And this is this is the main thing that I was going to get at, at the overall thing about this. Let's look at what was leading up to this release. He was doing a, a Vegas stint where he was organizing a different set, li- set list each night. He was liaising with Super Bowl organizers for the halftime show. He was overseeing a 3121 restaurant as well. He was in negotiations and launching the 3121 fragrance. And plus he was coordinating this stint on the horizon negotiation with AEG for the 21 nights thing. So, 
from what, where I'm looking at it with this release, he was a really busy guy, and the music has taken a back seat, and it's and it's suffered because of that. Now, in the Warner Brothers days, all he'd have to do is kick out the album, send it to Warner Brothers, and they'd done they all the rest. rest yeah. yeah. So now he is a one man business where he does it all himself. So you know, I give props to him because he is a businessman, and I think he's doing it well. And I think that's why we're not seeing albums every year. And like around this time when this was released, it looked like he was doing nothing, but he was a busy guy. And I think what really suffered was the music. If he just, I think this is what's going to come out of Lotus Flower, the next release, that he's just going to concentrate on the music because once he's dealing with fragrances, restaurants, things like that, it's just too much on the table for him. And that's basically my roundup of Planet Earth. Out of 10. Uh, out of 10. Oh, that's hard. I didn't even think about this. Uh-huh. It is a tricky album to review. I mean, it is. Yeah. I think the easiest way to review it, to give it out of 10, that there's, there's 10, 10 tracks. tracks. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, great. Yeah. There's at least three that I don't like, so I'd say 7 out of 10. Okay. Cool. Tojan, what do you think? Overall. Overall. Stability, repeatability. Well... To me, this is part of the you know the trinity of musicology, thirty one twenty one, and, and Planet Earth. To me, they're three albums with the same basic idea, and that is to a solid short albums with pop tunes that people can you know anyone can listen to and enjoy. And I think of the three, this is probably my favourite one, only by a tiny bit over thirty one twenty one. I think tracks one through to eight are bordering on the best stuff he's done since, like, probably the Rainbow Children. The last two tracks are a little bit of a letdown, and that stops it from reaching, you know, my top sort of three or four albums. Um, when you say top three or four albums... You want to know them? <laughs> well, no, what do you mean? Of the 2000 era or of, of all time? No, of all time, of, you know, all Prince albums. Wow. Like, oh. uh, maybe not, you know, the top... You know, the really top cream albums that I, I listen to over and over kind of thing. So you're saying that if, if Lion of Judah and Resolution were either... If it either if cut they, off at Chelsea Rogers or if they were... No, no, no. If it cut off at Chelsea Rogers, like, it'd be too short for me to consider that. Okay. But the music that's in there is just as good as, say, you know, my favourite albums. If it had a finished with two two other better tracks, maybe it would reach that, that top. But, um, so yeah, so having said that, it's my favourite of the three. It's only just, though. I do listen to it quite a lot more than the other two. I agree with a lot of the stuff Player said. It is kind of over the place, but all Prince albums, for me, are like that. He, he, like, he always does this eclectic mix of, you know, ballads and rock songs and country and whatever. He's always done that, so I don't mind that. Yeehaw! So out of 10, I'm going to give it 8. Had the last two tracks been slightly higher quality, it could have been in my top four or five albums, but it just misses out, just, miss, just so misses you, out. So you're a massive fan of this release? Oh, yeah, completely. I really like this release. I might just quickly follow up on Science. that, actually, <laughs> with one <laughs> very short snippet. I'll try and keep it as short as I can. I, I did say a little bit about this album in, in my brief overview, but hearing you guys uh, go through it has given me a couple of other things that have come up. I actually th- agree with, with the fact that all Prince or most Prince albums are similar to this in the sense that they're so varied. And, you know, when you when you go back and you listen to even like an album like 99's not a good example because that's a, that's a party album, very sort of up and go, but Purple Rain, Sign of the Times, you know, two classic milestone albums in his career, they're all over the place. I don't think they're co- cohesive at all, actually. As good as they are on the strength of the material, not because they're cohesive. Mm. And, and I agree that this is not a cohesive album. And... Prince rarely, if ever, makes cohesive albums. And of the recent material, because this isn't something that I thought of when I, when I was giving it my overall thoughts, Planet Earth would be... It plays second tier to 3121 for me. I think he, he worked on that a lot more, and the material is probably stronger. But it's not far behind, and 
those two albums are, are the two best albums that he has released for me overall since the gold experience and i i take the rainbow children out of that because listening to it now i just find it very difficult to get into that but we'll, we'll get into the rainbow children another time i guess but yeah i, I put it up there out of 10 just because i didn't include that in my first review i give it a, a solid seven out of ten so I, I agree with player there. So when I was talking about cohesiveness and stuff like that, I was talking from a production standpoint. Like, because he's always been um, varied in his work, but I'm just talking about the overall sound of the whole album. Production-wise, it's sort of up and down for me, so it sounds uneven. But I think it has, it does have that kind of, it has this sort of dreamy sound to it that is kind of... <laughs> I, I don't know how to sort of tackle it. Because yeah. to me, it sort of stops and starts. Like, you know, you get the midnights and then you then you get the up and go with Chelsea Rogers and then it comes back down and it's just, it's a bit stop and start and it's, it comes out as uneven for for me at least. It's it's as good as it is not. It's Yeah, it's tricky to review. <laughs> I don't know if maybe he, if he sequenced it differently, the tracks differently in a different order, if, it, if I give it a better mark or if I'd look at it differently. But in the way it's configured now, it's too uneven for me. I think if you took the best material of Musicology 3121, sequenced it ideally and gave those albums some sort of theme, even if it was possible to do, and you put those three albums together and created a, like a smack bang, one cohesive classic album, the material, if it was put together in the right way, I think those three releases into one would be in my top four or five Prince albums of all time, easily, without mm. a doubt. Yeah, no question. Because there's some great material in the last few years. But it is all over the place. It is uneven. What do you think, Captain? I think, overall, the lyrics are pretty weak. There's a few flashes of Prince as we know it, but generally it's pretty average in the lyrics. The music's all right. The sequencing as well. Yeah, if you, I think even keeping all tracks on the album, you could switch it around and make it a lot better album. He could have just chucked all these tracks to someone and said, "Yeah, make an album." Actually, he alludes. Sorry to cut you off. I'm just something popped into my head. He alludes to the sequencing of this album in this album. I just thought about it in um, Mr. Goodnight. He said he says something about slow it down. I think he says something about Planet Earth or something like that. And then he says slow it down to somewhere here on Earth, and then he keeps going. Does anyone know what I'm? Yeah, about? yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. He so he alludes to either an up tempo jam or something with a bit more life, and then he says, "Oh yeah," and then he and then he can kind of slow it down, and he's almost as if he's giving himself props for being able to do that. So yeah. it might be. It might be something that he's looking to do, that he looks for. You know, first I'll start with the funk, and then I'll give him, you know, a soft ballad because because I can do everything, and it'll shock people, or or it'll mm. at least have them pay attention. So, I it just came up. Sorry, Captain. I remember with the act two concert and just that one specifically i remember him talking about the sequencing of the songs that he plays in concert and he started off with my name is prince and sexy mf and then he did the beautiful ones and then i remember at the time looking back at a few of the tours and he's always started off with two like more sort of rocky pop songs and then third song's been a ballad and it's the same on this album as well he's got planet earth and guitar and then and then your ballad which is interesting but there's two of the, the best things i've read are what other people said about this album was one of them was not everything that pops in your head needs to be set to music, which I think fits all the midnights in the world very well. 
and the other one was what I think Toe Jam already said, and it was um, this album that's coming off the heels of two of his most accessible albums in years. Prince continues his steady and consistent stream of releasing some solid material for the masses to hear. And they are. They're like compact. It continues the winning formula of the last two. If I've got to give it a score out of 10... I think I'm going to have to be below everyone and give it a 6 out of 10. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, that was certainly an interesting album to review. 